Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Hey, welcome to the show, everyone. Hope you're having a great day. And before we get started, you know, I can't believe that I was extending my sympathy and Voice America's sympathy to those in Texas and have to do this again for those in Florida. So I just want to tell you, um, in behalf of Voice America and this this radio show, I just want to extend my prayers and thoughts to all of you, especially uh, in the Keys and just all across the uh, state of Florida, Uh, and just know that we're all with you and support you, and hopefully I won't be saying this again in the near future to any other state. So I want to have a special shout-out first to my good friend, Yoshiko Dart. Yoshiko, keep on fighting the fight. I want a special shout-out to my listeners in Japan and in Ireland. You know, you are all just so awesome, spreading the news, quality of life for people with disabilities. Thank you so much for your support. Um, And... To our lead sponsor, Highmark, Highmark Blue Cross Blue Shield, Uh, thank you for sponsoring the show. And guess what, folks? Next week, CEO of Highmark, David Holmberg, is our guest. Don't miss that show. And I'm glad you didn't miss this show because we have one of my very favorite CEOs in Pittsburgh, the CEO of Calgon Carbon. And before we get going, I've got to tell you about Randy Durth. He is a good man. You know, I've just got to tell you, I, I had breakfast with him one day and I was telling him how, you know, I do this class for high school students with disabilities and how we were needing, you know, to do something. And here's said, well, come to Calgon. I mean, just like that, just, just like that. And, and that is how he is. And he's been a friend of mine for a long time and just a wonderful person. And we also have with us today one of his executives in HR, Steve Nolder. But I'm going to start by welcoming you to the show, Randy Durth. Welcome. Joyce, thank you very much. It's an absolute pleasure to be here, and, and thanks for inviting us. Of course. And so, Randy, I'm going to start with you uh, because, you know, it's so exciting every time uh, we have a CEO on, and this show has been advertised nationally, but as you heard, is also then replayed uh, around the world. So everyone can know about you. Let's talk about you. How, How did you first start in the business world? Uh, how how did you just move up? You know, you were also the CEO at Lanxis, and now here you are, CEO of Calgon Carbon. How, how did all this happen, you know, and how did you first get started? Well, it's an interesting story, Joyce. I um, studied chemistry in college, and actually I wanted to be a doctor, believe it or not. And uh, it so happened that I uh, did an internship with a company here in Pittsburgh, Bear, like the Bear Aspirin, many of your listeners may know. And really opened my eyes to this chemical industry, and I said, i got to work there. This is where I want to develop my, my career. So I started at Bayer here in Pittsburgh as a, a chemist, as an application engineer. 
But after about a year and a half, two years, I, I saw the marketing and sales guys, and I said to myself, you know what, that looks kind of fun. I think I can do that, and I think I would enjoy that more. So I spent some of my career in sales and marketing. I uh, spent four years, actually, at Bears headquarters in Germany uh, with my family, which was an, an absolute uh, great experience for me and, and also for my family. And then after that, which was uh, 1997, I came back to Pittsburgh and ran various businesses every couple years, and each time I would move up the ladder and take on more responsibility. And in 2004, uh, you mentioned Lanxis. Uh, Bear spun out their chemicals business into this new company uh, that they named Lanxis, and I was fortunate to be selected to head that here in North America. And I did that for eight years and, and decided it was time for something new and different, so I was um, asked to become the CEO of Calgon Carbon. And uh, I've been here now five years, and uh, it's just been a fantastic career. Uh, I'm really pleased um, with how things have developed. A lot of turns and frustrations at times, but but overall I look back and, and it was a great career. A great career. You're talking as if you're the soon-to-retire, you know, just so you all know. You're not going to believe how young he is, which just shows you how good he is, because he has accomplished so much at a very young age. I have to tell you, did you ever think at your age you would be a CEO of these uh, international corporations twice in your life? You know, somebody asked me that recently, and I can honestly say when I started my career with Bayer um, back as an application engineer, I had zero thought in my mind that I would ever be a CEO of anything. And I just wanted to be happy in my career. I wanted to be able to provide for my family. And I was just excited to, to start my career. And, um, yeah, it was an absolute um, surprise to me when uh, the first time I was asked to become a CEO. And, uh, you know, it's one of those where you have this inner, these inner um, leadership skills that, that people see that you don't know you have. And your instinct takes over. And, um, and that's exactly what happened with me. And over time, you develop that. And you learn more. And you try different, different hats on in your leadership. And... And again, here I am. I've been a CEO of a, a company when you combine both experiences, you know, for 13, 14 years. Wow. And very involved in Pittsburgh in many different issues, which is wonderful about you, uh, Randy. So, Calgon Carbon, you develop carbon technologies and you work to make safe air and, and safe water purification. Uh, Tell us, how does that happen, and tell our listeners more about Calgon Carbon. Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, we're a company that's been around for 75 years. This is actually our 75th year, and, and we are the largest producer of granular activated carbon. Your listeners are probably asking the question, what is that? Well, let me tell you, if you've ever had a fish tank as, as a child or you've ever, um, say you've had a home water filter and your kids want to tear it apart, you'll see these little black pellets. That's exactly what activated carbon is. And we produce that around the world, sell it around the world. It's used in water filtration to purify water. It's used to purify air. There's certain um, contaminants that need to be removed from air. And uh, home water filters, another great example, are also the, the respirators that are used to protect our firefighters and our military. Those are all based on activated carbon, which we manufacture here in the States. Oh, I never knew that. And by the way, as you're telling this story, I'm turning around looking at my aquarium in my office thinking, there you go. I've got That's a Calgon carbon. carbon product right here in my office. So, see, I'm Thank one you of your much. customers. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's so amazing. And I think we have my other friend on the line with us, 
uh, Steve Nolder, who I've also known for a long time and also has been a supporter and advocate of people with disabilities. So, Steve, welcome. Thank you, Joyce. I appreciate you uh, inviting us. Oh, my pleasure. So, Steve, how about if you tell everyone what you do for Calgon Carbon? Okay, so I am currently uh, the head of human resources on a global basis, uh, and I play around a little bit in logistics uh, management, uh, which often people question why being such a, you know, HR being so different from logistics, um, and that is primarily driven uh, from a little bit about Randy talked about a little bit ago in his response on inner leadership skills. So my career has also been through the Miles, Mobay, and Lanxis family, where I spent most of my a career in the logistics and international trade. And then about 10 years ago, uh, the CEO at the time of Lanxus, uh, Mr. Durth, said, listen, I'd, I'd like you to think about uh, and consider being a leader in human resources. And so he looked at those inner leadership skills that even I uh, at that time was not uh, aware of or focused on and said, how about you try something different? Uh, surprised me a little bit, um, but I tried it and I'm absolutely passionate about it. I really love being able to blend the technical ability, the process focus, you know, the, 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 with the more, I guess, hands-on uh, employee focus and being the voice of the employees. So I really love the blend of the current role that I have. Um, and Randy, as I mentioned, you're a big advocate of people with disabilities. Uh, do you want to tell, I know you're involved in Special Olympics and some other parts of it. Do you want to talk about that? Well, all of my leadership actually gets involved in the community. And, and let me just say first, I think um, companies are only as strong as the communities in which they work. And it's up to the CEOs of these companies to make sure that they reach out into the communities you know, across all areas of needs that are in our community. And, and, we've, um, and I've, I've had my uh, senior executives each select a um, nonprofit. Steve, for instance, is with Special Olympics, which is a great organization, and he can talk about that. But, but I think it's really important uh, to develop leaders and to um, give back to the community as a successful company that you get out and, and do things. And, and especially when we look at um, you know, folks with disabilities, you know, we have a huge issue here in Pittsburgh in terms of a need for workers. Uh, within the next uh, five years, we're going to probably need about 80,000 workers that we just don't have today. Uh, we have a huge uh, retirement rate. Um, we have jobs that are popping up that we just don't have the people for. And I think we need to look across all sectors of our communities and, and look for people to, to fill these jobs. They could be administrative jobs. They could be technical jobs. They could be engineering jobs, everything. And, and again, I think it benefits companies like Calgon Carbon to get out there and help solve this, this problem of getting people to work because we have the jobs. And, and you know what? I'm glad you mentioned that, uh, Randy, because I always tell people you have an untapped labor pool that you're not using. And actually, 10 years ago, the National Security Agency came to Pittsburgh and met with me, and they saw that. They saw we're going to have the need for people uh, because they were having a hard time. You know, they have to hire U.S. citizens with a background in engineering and mathematics and, you know, all of these areas. And they started working with us to hire 
college students with disabilities, you know, in those areas. And it was for that reason you were talking about, but it's compounded, of course, right here in Pittsburgh because you know very well how people never want to leave Pittsburgh. So they've been right. at companies forever, and now uh, there we go. We're going to, you know, we're, this is why it's so important to include this labor pool. And, Steve, I, I want to get back to you for a minute. What do you do with Special Olympics? So I've been on Special Olympics now for about seven years, and I have played various roles uh, within that the organization at that time. I'm primarily right now focused on the governance aspect and the nominating committees. Um, so I've been one of the more longer-term members right now. Uh, it is the Pennsylvania Organization of Special Olympics. And, of course, the primary roles there are not only main you know, providing support from your own knowledge and experience in business to the organization, but also to make sure that they're able to generate the funding necessary uh, to provide the events uh, that are at zero charge to all the athletes. So we spend a lot of our time looking at programming um, and also for fundraising, you know, and various opportunities. And of course, being the public advocate for those um, as a board member is extremely important. Yes, and and you are one that has been very all involved with ending the R word, and you know what? That's such a big thing because uh, so generous of Calgon Carbon to sponsor Beaver Beaver Valley School District at Calgon Carbon, the Bender Leadership Academy, and and that is one of the things that so many people with disabilities have been bullied, and it is using that R word. I know you've done a lot about that, and I really commend you for what you're doing. As a matter of fact, next year I will bring Ted Kennedy Jr. to meet with, uh, visit different companies. One, of course, will be Calgon Carbon, and I just want to say that what you've done just at that Bender Leadership Academy, you've helped so many young people, so I want to thank you for that. But let me see. I think we have a caller on the line. Do we have a caller on the line? Julie, are you on the line? Uh, Yes. Um, This is Julie Goldberg. Go ahead, Julie. I had a question regarding the Bender Leadership Academy. Um, how do you go about signing up for it? Are you looking for specific areas of concentration? Okay, well, how that works, and thank you for that question, uh, we work with the school districts in uh, Pittsburgh, Beaver, and Fox Chapel. And so they have a transitional uh, team at each of the school districts, and they select students with disabilities uh, and, and they decide who would be part of this class. So if it's a student, you'd have to go that way. If it's someone that wants to just help in leadership, you would just call my office. Um, I also have one additional question. I noticed it's National Disability Mentoring Day um, in October. Are there any plans here locally in Pittsburgh? Uh, Yes, the third Wednesday of every October is National Disability Mentoring Day. A little trivia for all of you. Uh, Pittsburgh was the first company, first city that did Disability Mentoring Day with the White House in 1999. And now we have one of the largest, most well-known disability mentoring day. But high school... 
high school students with disabilities go to Lanxis and Calgon Carbon, of course, and Bear and Highmark, uh, and they job shadow from 9 to 1 o'clock. It is such a great program. Um, and then we have a VIP event that Monday before Wednesday where we have an event at the Heinz History Center celebrating the companies involved and, uh, and the students. And we will be uh, this year bringing in Karen Tamley, the commissioner from Chicago, uh, who is known nationally for her work with young people with disabilities. So, yes, we got a lot going on right here in Pittsburgh. That sounds terrific. Now, um, one other question. Do you work here locally with Peer Buddies and Best Buddies? Uh, yes, someone in my office does. Someone in my office has worked with them for about three years. Terrific. They're both wonderful um, organizations that support. And, 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 um, and Randy, Randy, you've been involved with Disability Mentoring Day uh, at, at Lanxis and at Calgon Carbon. And at Calgon, yeah, for many years now. And uh, what mm-hmm. a great event that is. And, and kudos, Joyce, to you and your team. You do an outstanding job. And, and what a great um, great effort to, to get these folks um looking at jobs and careers in our area. Yeah, well, high school students with disabilities, that's what it's all about. Julie, thank you very much for calling in. Thank you very much for everything you do. Oh, my pleasure. So um, you mentioned, Randy, that you have uh, values, which I think that's awesome what you said you do, uh, but what are some of the values you have for your leadership team? Yeah, you know, this is a, a great topic, Joyce, that we've spent a lot of time as a, as a leadership team looking at. You know, what not only are the core values of the company, but our leadership uh, values should mirror that. And we put a team together of employees because I, I thought it very important that uh, we hear from employees and, and how they view our company and what we do and, and our purpose and had them come up with some things. And, and ironically, when I look at the leadership that, that I aspire to and, and what my leadership team aspires to, those values, they're pretty much parallel. I'm going to let Steve, um, since he was uh, this, he spearheaded the team that did this, I'm going to let Steve talk uh, about some of these values. And again, they, as I said, as a leader, these, these parallel exactly to what I expect. Steve? Yeah, so, so as Randy said last year, we asked our employees to get together and, and did a good subset of all of the employee groups uh, within our organization. And we said, listen, let's take a refresh. Let's look at our current values that had been in place for many years before that. Let's do a little bit of refresh and, and give us your thoughts. What do you feel you know, the company uh, is, is you know, core values emulate? And they came back with the standard but more most important things around you know, integrity, um, responsibility, you know, developing people, uh, focusing on diversity, you know, and, and, you know, ensuring a habit of continually pursuing perfection and excellence. Uh, and of course, it never, it always goes without saying that safety is a primary key um, core value that we have here, uh, along with our final rounded out teamwork uh, that we really focus on in believing that we are one team focused on the greater good uh, of the organization and, and, of course, giving back and protecting our planet. And let me ask you, Steve, how, how do people react to that? 
So people take it very seriously. As Randy mentioned before, Calgon is what we would, what we call a green company. You know, we're, pri- we're trying to purify air, trying to, you know, clean water, trying to make the world a better place. People take that very seriously, and it's not just a general, generational um, issue. It's, it's all employees are, are very proud uh, to work for a company that does focus on the, the core aspects of the core values um, of society. And, of course, then, as, as Randy said, it's important for us to give back, not only saying this is what we do from a, for a living, but it's also important for us to take those, those values that we as a company have and, and emulate those in our communities. And so we have a lot of community programs that we try to work in uh, to make sure that they see that we're not just here to make money for our, ourselves, but we're here to take our institutional knowledge and our passions and put them at play in the communities in which we live and work. Well, that is, uh, and you know what, Randy, when you say that is one thing about Pittsburgh, that people, how people give back, when you say that, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, Randy, I, do you know I, I what I mean? I, I totally agree with you, Joyce, and you know, and again, um, I, and I've only lived in Pittsburgh, but I talk to others in, in different cities, and they just don't seem to have what we have here, and their CEOs aren't as involved, or their companies aren't as involved. But here you have outstanding CEOs, you know, and we've had many, um, many examples. Jim Rohr from PNC or John Sermer from U.S. Steel or even today Morgan O'Brien. These guys take it seriously and really set the bar pretty high for the rest of us CEOs because it's so important, as I said earlier, that, you know, our communities are only, or our companies are only as strong as these communities and the stronger our communities, the stronger our companies. Yes, and uh, you are right. I go to so many events and see all these CEOs I know, um, and, and Pittsburghers in general are really good about giving back. I love this city uh, so much. Well, I can't wait to talk about this next topic, and that is that we are going to be calling Randy King Dearth for one <laughs> year. And for those that don't know, we have, you all know, I was the, I'm living with epilepsy, my listeners, and you also know I was the chair of the National uh, Epilepsy Board. But I'm the vice chair of the local board, Deb Rice Johnson, the president of Highmark, uh, is the chair of the board. So for years now, we have this event uh, called the Mardi Gras that is on the Mardi Gras. It's a black tie dinner where we uh, really acknowledge uh, a leader, a CEO in the community that has gone uh, beyond the call of duty helping people with disabilities and giving back and being supportive of the local Epilepsy Foundation. And it is really a big deal. I mean, first of all, this thing is sold out every year before most of the uh, invitations even go out. But, you know, it's all about raising money to help people and young people uh, living with epilepsy. So, Randy, what do you think about that, and what does it mean to you? Well, let me just first say I'm very humbled. I'm very honored. Uh, this is indeed um, such, a, such a great honor to be selected. And, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting, uh, Joyce, you know, I do a lot of work with a lot of organizations, and, you know, I'd like to spend time understanding the organization I'm getting involved with. So I've done some research, and when you look at the Epilepsy Foundation and all the great work that they've done for people with epilepsy from the therapies and the research, it's just amazing. And, you know, things I didn't know. I didn't know that one in 26 people 
will develop epilepsy or recurring seizures in their lifetime. I would have never guessed. Or that you know, in the U.S., we have about 2.2 to 3 million people who are living with epilepsy. And uh, you know, having you know looked at the organization now, and and you having uh, solicited uh, me to become king, I am just absolutely honored, and I'll do whatever I can to to help raise money for this great cause. And in Pittsburgh, like you said, is you know they're very philanthropic, and I'm looking forward to a great party. In fact, I will have to say, Joyce, this is the party of the year that uh, everybody wants to go to, and me included. I have to say, you are right, and that actually we have. Uh, we've had to turn people away. Isn't that terrible? I, I mean, we, I told uh, Peggy, the CEO, we need to move to Console Energy Center. I mean, this is really, really the event of the year in Pittsburgh. And you know what, Randy? I am so proud of you. You really deserve it. You do. And to Thank know you, that sir. you're going to help people like me and, you know, people living with epilepsy, I'm glad you brought that up, 1 in 26, because this is why when I go to a company and they say to me, oh, Joyce, we've never uh, hired people with disabilities before, I say, oh, yes, you have. Yeah, they're sitting right in your company with bipolar disorder, depression, epilepsy, you know, it's just that they aren't telling you. Because really, people don't realize how many people do Mm -hmm. live uh, with epilepsy. Uh, And and Randy, what do you think about your boss being the uh, king of the Mardi Gras? (laughs) Well, you know, for years I've watched Randy work uh, in the community and giving back and, and being involved and supporting the passions and the you know that this, his executives or the organization you know brings forward and, and I think it's really um, an honor uh, to see him you know, get recognized in that capacity. So I think it's it's well deserved and, and a long time coming. And, and Steve yeah. was very quick to say, "Make sure I get my tickets." So uh, Steve will be there as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see why you asked that, because they go so quickly. Um, you know what, Randy, remember earlier you were talking about the uh, how, how we'll have these 80,000 jobs that aren't you know, filled. I know a lot of times the young people in the Bender Leadership Academy, some of them are a little bit, you know, despondent because they do not have a college degree and yet they want to work. And it was very interesting that day I had breakfast with Randy talking about this and, you know, I now tell students, hey, there are other types of jobs at corporations because I know Randy told me about one where they can't find uh, enough people. Randy, I, I wonder if you might sharing, sharing that. No, you're absolutely right. That um, you know, for a company to be successful and to, to run on all cogs, so to speak, I mean, you need everybody, and we need administrative people. We need people in our in our laboratories as laboratory technicians, and we manufacture things. So, of course, we need people in our plant and, and welders. That's the the job that I remember talking to you about that one breakfast. That um, it's very difficult to find welders who uh, would would like a full time job. Um, there's just not enough of them, and uh, and none of these require a bachelor's degree. And, a lot of them don't even require an associate's degree. Maybe in some cases just a technical, um, technical certificate will get you in the door. And, and I think people need to look, um, you know, look across and have an open mind and, 
and study and, and do, and, and, you know, invest some time in, in looking at the various type of jobs that are out there and what will it take to be a laboratory technician or what will it take to be a welder, what type of uh, training or what type of skills do they need, and really investigate because the jobs are out there. You know, we here in Pittsburgh, again, we have more jobs than we have people, and I think across the country you'll find pockets of cities that it's the same. And, um, and again, I think it's up to companies to, to make you know, these jobs known, but it's also up to those looking for a job to, to take the time and, and the effort to go into the Internet and, and really do some research. And even at CalvinCarbon.com, and I encourage you know, anybody looking for a job here in the area and, and around the country, because we are uh, around um, various sites in the U.S., you know, look at what, what's out there. And not all jobs are you know, white-collar jobs. Yeah, Steve, do you want to comment? Yes, go right ahead. Yeah, I, yeah. I think the important thing is I would say the same thing, you know, to students with disabilities as I would my own children. Not everybody has to go to college because the organization needs all kinds of skills to make it work. And when you have an organization that relies on respect, it doesn't matter whether the person is, you know, entering information into the system to build a database to be able to get paid, or if the person's selling, or if the person's making the corporate decision. The whole organization has to work together as a whole. And I think it's extremely important that, you know, we look at those, we look at those roles to say the, the students need to identify what they're looking for, what they want to do, where their skill sets lie, and then reach out into the community also and ask people for assistance. Ask people for help. I spend um, a fair amount of time working with students that reach out to me, you know, whether they have disabilities or, or not, to talk with them and give, give them mock interviews and talk with them about how to better understand themselves and how to sell themselves. And the same, the same advice I give to them is don't, don't worry so much about the college technical degree, uh, college degree. You can go into a technical degree. You know, you need, we have jobs with high school diplomas. We have jobs that just require being able to lift and climb ladders and, you know, maybe work in a, in a, in a steel, uh, sitting or, or standing, you know, position for an extended period of time, you know, things like that. It just takes the effort to look for the job. Um, and then reach out into the community and ask, you know, going back to what you mentioned in a few questions ago and a few comments, that, you know, K Pittsburgh is a huge community of helping. And there's so many people that will give back uh, and be able to give their advice and, and support in helping you know, the students to identify what they really want to do and how they can pursue that, that goal or, or that aspiration. Yeah, I, and I really it. am so glad you're talking about this because, as I said, I've been doing this Bender Leadership Academy on a volunteer basis now for like 15 years in Delaware and at three, uh, Beaver Valley School District at Calgon Carbon, Pittsburgh Public School District at Highmark, and Fox Chapel at Cavestro. And, you know, in all of that time, I have met so many young people, possibly with a learning disability or autism, whatever it is, that uh, could do these jobs but thought they had to have a college degree, you know, to mm -hmm. get a good job. And that's why that has – I tell all my classes about what Randy told me. And, and Steve, maybe you can tell me, do, is there, like, I, I assume you can get technical training in this area. Absolutely. There, there's so many trade schools that we work with in the area. Um, as Randy mentioned, you know, we have the, the Pittsburgh Technical Institute. Um, there's all kinds of other, the Bidwell um, program here. You can work in various organizations. 
um, in trade schools and in technical institutes in the area to get the training necessary, you know, to be to become a craftsman um, and to get some of the experience even that we would need for some of our positions, perhaps down on the Neville Island, in some of our uh, locations down on Neville Island, or even here in Pittsburgh, in headquarters, you know, getting an associate degree or some additional training. Uh, to be able to get your foot in the door and get experience. Um, plenty of places in Pittsburgh uh, that are willing to provide those opportunities and training. And if I could add well, to in the next that... year, we're going to uh, form a not-for-profit for the Bender Leadership Academy where we are working with the state and working on training students with disabilities um, for employment, employment opportunities. And you can be sure I'll be calling you for your advice, but I, I, I'm so glad we talked about this. I tell students, hey, you could get a job uh, in plumbing or in welding and make far more than you would make in some white-collar job. So, you know, as uh, Steve said, it's all about research and investigating what's out there. Um, so, Randy... Thank you so much for sponsoring the Bender Leadership Academy, uh, which is a wonderful, wonderful program. Uh, Why do you believe that's important to support young people with disabilities? Well, first, we think it's an excellent program, and having seen it now for a few years, I mean, it's it's definitely something uh, companies like ours should be involved with, and we're pleased we're one of the leaders in this. But um, you know, again, everybody has something that they could they could bring to an organization. And um, what you're doing here by bringing these high school kids in and we're able to talk with them and show them around our our facility to see the type of jobs, um, that could lead to great things someday. And uh, it's a small part from our side, but um, I think longer term, you know, the the academy um, is going to serve a purpose that uh, will get these folks in jobs. Okay, well, we have a uh, listener that just sent us an email, uh, and the question is, Mr. Durth, would you mind sharing what are some of the key traits you look for when you hire people? Well, we want people that come in, uh, you know, and Steve laid out our, our values, but we want people that come in and want to contribute to our organization. And every single person um, can contribute, and we, we look for that. We look for people that want to uh, work safely. That's a key part of our company and, and our employees, you know, not only for that individual employee, but for the people around him or her, and that's very important. Um, but we want people that want to grow their careers. They want to do something different, and they want to learn more and become, um, you know, even, even uh, or achieve a higher level than they, they currently have. Those are the type of skill sets that, that show me when I see it that, that these employees are going to be successful in their careers. How, uh, do you want to comment on that, Steve? Yeah, I think, you know, when we're looking in leadership, um, specific competencies in leadership, we look for things like strategic thinking and execution. Uh, we look for things like team and relationship building, the ability to inspire and motivate others, you know, problem solving. You know, it, it, it's a balance between the technical skills of being able to handle a problem, you know, work it through, have strong practical judgment with the ability to inspire and motivate the people that you're working for, not that are working for you, but the people that you're working for. How do you inspire and motivate them? So when we're looking specifically in those leadership characteristics, you know, um, those are the types of things that we do some um, questioning around, uh, in particular, interviewing uh, and or assessments prior to hiring. 
Okay, here we have uh, Linda from New York City, and the question is, this sounds like a really great company. I am curious to know if you have specific colleges or universities that you focus on for recruitment. Steve, I'll let you answer. Yeah, so we focus, we have a lot of educational institutions around here, uh, and a lot of them have some very fine um, engineering programs. We are an engineering solutions type of company, therefore we do spend a lot of um, our time with the Penn State, with uh, Pitt, um, a lot of uh, students uh, in the business world come from Robert Morris, local university here in Moon Township. Uh, but we also have a fair diversity all around you know, the, the state um, and the, the national organization or the, nas- the nation. But uh, primarily, we do have a lot of uh, recruitment activities with the local universities, which we're very proud of and have provided us with some excellent, excellent interns and, uh, and future uh, employees that we've, that we've worked with. Um, and or interned with uh, over the last few years. We have Cindy from Connecticut. Uh, As a person pursuing a career in human resources, my question is, what type of issues have you seen with millennials? Well, I'll speak from an HR perspective. Um, a lot of things that we've seen with the millennials is the speed of communication. So there's a lot more with the handheld uh, devices, the smartphones that everybody has. You see a lot more, uh, a lot faster communication. So we have to keep up with a lot of that. Um, we've also seen a little bit of the, um, I would say, job hopping or trying to see you know, expose themselves to different careers uh, much quicker than what we would have done you know years ago you know staying four or five six seven even careers at a particular company you're seeing a little bit more of that job hopping um, happening now but they're getting you know more experience they're trying out different careers they're not they're not coming out of college anymore I don't think set in, in any particular career. Um, I reviewed a lot of resumes and have been working with a lot of um, high school uh, or in particular college students coming out with dual majors or a major with a minor that are completely different and don't necessarily support each other but are completely different which is you know, showing me that they're really looking at the diversity of their own skill sets and where they might apply them into the future. You know what, it's so interesting if I may just make a comment about the communication. You know, when you have a job, you really, if you're just around the corner from someone, you really can go ask them a question and not email them. I mean, I wrote an article for the Pittsburgh Business Times, What Happened to the Telephone? I mean, I'm not kidding. You know, people just are not between texting and email. I really feel to a degree that hurts people uh, with their communicative skills, communication skills. Yeah. I really do. I mean, I think you also, you know, when you email someone, you, you can say something and you're not trying to be upset, but it can sound very terse. Uh, and I always yeah. tell young people, I tell them, really, managers do not want to see this uh, abbreviated language when you're texting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Do you agree with me? Do you agree with I me totally there, agree. Steve? Totally agree. Yeah, yeah, I agree as well. I think even when we have our interns here for the for this summer, 
we actually take it a little further and try to teach them, you know, email etiquette, business etiquette, you know, um, dress, you know, but particular email etiquette and things like that, just so they can have a better understanding of what is the expectation in corporate America. Yeah, and one of the, just so you know, everyone, they did a study at WellPoint before it became Anthem. And the study was, out of their 30,000 people, you know, they, they wanted to do studies on what trait do people have when they are top performers. And surprisingly, that's why they call it a mood elevator, surprisingly, that trait was not attitude, that trait was gratitude. And that is because, you know, you can have a good attitude, but when you go beyond that and you're just grateful, wow, you just become such a good employee. And part of that is leadership and part of that is being able to communicate. Uh, And I think that's also very important for young people with disabilities. So, Randy, I'll ask you, uh, for young people with disabilities listening to this show, uh, and we mentioned many take classes at Calgon Carbon, uh, what advice do you have for them? You know, I think really going out and doing some research and, and looking again at, at what type of jobs are available, um, trying to get a feel as to what they would like to do, what interests them, um, and again, what type of skills do you need to do what they want to do, and just go for it, pursue it, and, and really, um, you know, make it uh, their number one objective. And a lot of times that'll pay off. Um, again, the jobs are there. They just need to really um, take some time and do some research and and, and find that right job. And there's, there's many sites out there to help you. I mean, the Internet makes it so easy nowadays for, for people to go out and research things. Um, here in Pittsburgh, because we didn't think that um, it was easy for job seekers to look for jobs, we actually identified a site that, that was created called imaginepittsburgh.com that we now aggregate all of our open positions in Pittsburgh. So if you're here locally, I encourage you to go out, and there's anywhere from twenty to 30,000 jobs on any given week, all types of jobs, and you can, you can search it by various means, and there are testimonials of people that are doing various things. So my message is you have every ability to get any job you want. Just do the research and find what you want to do. Yeah, and how about you? Did you want to add anything to that, Steve? You know, I, I always encourage everyone to, to know themselves. You know, we can see what's on a resume, and we can see what training and book smarts you've been given, but that's only a part of what is going to be hired and what's going to be needed to have any type of successful job. You need to know yourself and your own competencies. Are you a good problem solver? Are you a good communicator? You know, do you, um, and do you work well with others? Do you know how to build relationships and how do you go about you know building relationships know about yourself so that when you're speaking about yourself you can calmly and straightforward you know give a response that comes from the heart that does not sound like a canned answer people want to hire the person they don't want to hire someone that's that's been prepped um, to to have an answer to every potential question or that it comes across so book smart. They want to hire someone that's going to show a little bit of their true self and their heart. So my recommendation would be to really know yourself uh, before you interview and before you send out your resume. Be able to speak to yourself and your competencies uh, and not just the books and the book smart that you've learned. You know, um, and, and I so agree with that. Uh, I'm going to start actually with you, Steve. You know, you've been, you're compassionate, you've been successful, 
everyone has someone that has been a role model in their life or in their past. And so how about you? Who, who is your role model? So, you know, um, I would probably say that Oprah uh, is a great role model. Um, she's someone that you can always look up to, someone that has used intelligence uh, to position herself in the, in the world to be able to do the thing, the good for others. Her focus on trying to do things for others and always giving back and working well with others, to me, is always an inspiration. You know, it's always humbling uh, to be able to give back to the organization and to take your knowledge, you know, that you've learned, you know, through an institution um, or your financial resources and be able to say, you've made a difference. You know, you can help make a difference. And I think Oprah does that um, better than, than anybody that I've, you know, seen, um, whether it be a celebrity um, or not. Uh, so I would probably say Oprah is a huge influence on my life. Um, well, she is, as you said, she certainly has accomplished so much in her life. How about you, Randy? Who, who is your role model? Oh, it's interesting. I'm a history buff, and I, I tend to look at uh, leaders in the past, and American leaders in particular, and Harry Truman always has stuck out. And the reason being that in 1945, he became president on the death of Franklin Roosevelt, and nobody expected him to be successful, and, and he himself didn't know he was going to be successful, but he took the responsibility he was given. He said, I'm going to do everything I possibly can to be successful and pull out every instinct I have, and, and darn it, I'm going to do it. And, and he indeed, indeed now, when you look back uh, so many years uh, to his presidency, many say he was perhaps one of the best presidents of the 20th century. And he had a quote, and I'm going to share that. Um, and his quote is this, A pessimist is one who makes difficulties of his opportunities, and an op- um, optimist is one who makes opportunities of his difficulties. And that is so relevant, I think, um, today, especially you know, when you see people with, with so many opportunities and they tend to, to whine and complain. And um, you know, in a company like ours or any company, you know, we can't have that. We need people that are going to be looking at, at all the opportunities that are there, uh, whether that be in their career or sales opportunities, and, and really go at it. And, um, and uh, I think there's a lot to be said about that. One more time, the quote for our listeners. Sure. A pessimist is one who makes difficulties of his opportunities, and an optimist is one who makes opportunities of his difficulties. That is so good. That is so true. That is a great quote. So, Randy, look at you, two-time CEO, and now king of the Mardi Gras. <laughs> yes, You, yes, you have really accomplished, though, so much in your life. But when you look back on your life, what do you consider your greatest accomplishment? Well, first off, I have to say my family. I have a great wife and two wonderful sons, and I'm so proud of, of how my sons have developed. And uh, so I have to say that it, that is a huge accomplishment uh, for my wife and I and, um, and something I have to share. But, uh, you know, I'm the type of person um, that whatever I get involved with, I want to have made a difference, whether that be a business endeavor or whether that be something in the nonprofit sector, that I want to be able to leave what I'm doing and say, you know what, I think things are better, and, and I was able to make a difference. And I can't point to one, but, um, you know, I've done a lot here in Pittsburgh and actually around the country, and, uh, you know, um, every one I try to leave with something, you know, with an improvement. Uh, and you have. How about you, uh, Steve? What would you say has been your well, greatest accomplishment? Well, I like Randy. Um, I, I work so I can live. I don't live to work. So I would have to say that my my family, uh, I, I, 
it's not often that I can, you know, that people can say you've been married for more than 25 years. So I would be uh, proud of the fact that I've been married uh, for so long uh, and have four great kids uh, that we're watching explore in their early adulthood as well. Um, and, and from a work perspective, it, it also aligned a little bit with what Randy said earlier, you know, getting to that level of being able to give back. You know, I never aspired, growing up in a working class family in central Pennsylvania, I never aspired you know, to get into the higher levels of management. You know, my, my parents were, were working class and wanted something better and pushed their children to do something better. And I always just thought, hey, that manager job is what I'm looking for. Um, and now when the, the characteristics had been identified early in my career and the leadership training had been given to position me now into a vice president role, um, I think it's extremely humbling and, and important to be able to give back. Uh, and so that's, that, that's the thing I'm most proud of now, uh, being able to do uh, within this role. And, of course, that means uh, everything because I've been able to identify with great leadership like Randy, you know, to align my career with because we, you know, he appreciates giving back to the community. He supports, you know, our community connection initiatives. He supports my involvement um, in Special Olympics and in the Partners for Work uh, board downtown. So he supports giving back to that community. Uh, and that's, that's important to me. You know, it's more important, you know, who you work for and, and how you can work for them and, and how they support your initiatives uh, and passions um, versus, you know, how much money you can make or, or, or what car you're driving. So I think that's far more important. Yeah, I have a saying for my, our young people, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. But I can start saying, show me your boss, I'll show you your future. Uh, and, and Randy, you are such, you're just such a great person. I mean, I'm so blessed well, to know you. And, and Pittsburgh and the country is so blessed to have you. But to have you right here in Pittsburgh is a wonderful thing uh, for all of us. So, Steve, you first. What message would you like to leave with our listeners today? So I think the message that I would want to leave with listeners are, you know, don't, don't be held back by, you know, what society thinks you should do or could do. You know, you need to explore it and take the time and the opportunity to explore. There are so many resources available for people, and there's so many people all throughout, not just Pittsburgh, but throughout Pennsylvania and throughout the rest of the nation that will be willing to help people because that's, that's what we do in society. You know, that's what education is for, preparing our future workforce, you know, making sure that we're productive members uh, in society. And there's so many people that are willing to help support that, those initiatives. So reach out and ask, you know, continue to ask the questions, you know, to help support your careers and, and live, live for your dreams, you know, follow your dreams and, and don't let others tell you that you can't achieve them. And, and how so true. And how about you, Randy? What message do you want to leave with our listeners today? You know, just building upon what Steve said, you know, each and every one of us have something meaningful to offer. And if there's something you want to do, no matter who you are, go for it. Um, make a plan, get a support team, and start today because there are opportunities out there. Just take the initiative and, and go out there to get those. And, and companies like Calgon Carbon, we'd love to have you. Um, and website is what? What is the website, Steve? It's calgoncarbon.com. Calgoncarbon.com. So that's correct. Straightforward. Yeah, so go check that out uh, because it is a great company and a great company to work for. So, uh, Steve, thank you so much for joining us today. No and, Randy, no thank you so much 
for taking time to be on this show. Well, thank you, Joyce. And you have to save a dance for me, right? Mardi Gras? You got it. I'm ready to go with the king. I'm ready to go. And, um, you know, I just want to tell you, if you were listening to the show today and you're thinking, wow, I wish I could have my son, daughter, friend, whomever, listen to the show, remember, the shows are archived at voiceamerica.com and at benderconsult.com. So I want to thank everyone for being with us. You know I end every show with a quote. And since we're talking about leadership, the quote today is from Abraham Lincoln, who said, Nearly all men can stand adversity, but if you want to test a man's character, give him power. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Talk to you next week with David Holmberg. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.